Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. I was just hiding behind all the tall people. Have a seat, have a seat. Get down, get down. I tried to get up here fast so you didn't have to get up. So for some people that have a knee replacement or whatever, or a sore knee, like I've had five knee operations, so I don't want to get up too often. Um, just, uh, yeah, but anyway. Hey, who, who had a good Easter? Yeah? Excellent. James, can we just borrow your microphone? Is that okay? Um, oh, I'll turn it. I'll, I'll, yeah, all good. Um, yeah, I had a great Easter too. Went to Tim and Billa, climbed some rocks. It was really cool uh, with the kids. And um, I was saying, I've got uh, three kids. And Rocky, um, I said to the kids, so it's Easter. Do you know what Easter's about? And Bonnie, four and a half, he's like, yes, that's when Jesus was born. And then Rocky, my seven-year-old, like, no, that's when he died, Bonnie. Easter's when he's died. Christmas is when he was born, even though obviously the dates are a little bit different, but you get the gist of what we're celebrating. Uh, so who had those conversations with our family and friends over the, um, over the um, Easter period? Did anyone? Yeah? Yeah? Okay, awesome. And uh, who over the Easter period um, actually shared what the gospel and Easter was all about? Who did that? Hands up. Yeah, nice. Yeah, right, Janine, I'm coming up. I shouldn't have got the microphone. People knew I was going to come talk to people. So Janine, who did you share the gospel with with my granddaughter granddaughter awesome and my grandson and, and the other granddaughter granddaughter grandson other granddaughter and awesome another little granddaughter another little granddaughter awesome yeah so it was um it was really an interesting conversation an interesting conversation awesome yeah. so good so you stay in the conversation with your family absolutely yeah, yeah so good and you had your hand up too no no who else had their hand up <laughs> who else who else shared the gospel don can I come talk to you, Don? Come on. Sorry, team. Um, who did you share the gospel with? With the work colleague. With the who? With the work colleague. With the work of colleague? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How long have you known them for? About a year and a half. A year yeah. and a half? Yeah. And um, how did they take it? Uh, pretty good. They said they want to come here. Yeah. They did ask me a few tough questions. Yeah, yeah. So good. What were the yeah. questions? Well, he's gay, so he wanted to know if uh-huh. know, gay people are welcome in yeah. church, and I said yes. Yeah. And he said, okay, I'll come. How good is that? So good. So you work a colleague, you know them for a year, share the gospel, what it's all about, and they go, oh, sounds interesting, I'll come along. So good. Who else, who else share with a family member, friend, colleague? Ali, how you doing? Yeah, who did you share with? Um, I shared with a stranger. Yeah. Um, it was at, at down the shops, one, a man, I was buying sushi, yeah. and the man who was standing behind it said, I had a whole heap of hot cross buns in my arm. Yeah. And he said, what are those buns all about? And I said, I thought he was talking about them being berry buns. So I said, oh, they're berries. They're really popular and everyone's enjoying them. And then he kept looking at me with a strange look. And I thought, oh, he's talking about the cross. Yeah. So then I said, oh, the cross. And he said, yeah, well, what? And so I just very quickly yeah. told him that the cross is a Christian symbol. And yeah. Christ died for us, for our sin, very, very quickly. Because yeah. he was serving people. And yeah, so I did share it. And he was really interested. He said, I've never heard of that before. Amazing. And his girlfriend had always wondered, and himself, why people were buying Easter buns. Amazing. Those buns at this time of year. Well, yeah. how old was he? He would have been probably about 22. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Because we're, we're growing up in a, in a generation now that are completely unchurched. Yeah, yeah. Like the generation prior, your grandparents went to church. Generation prior, grandparents and parents. But now we've got grandparents, parents and children that don't even know anything. I remember talking to someone and I said, um, we want to call our next kid Samson, but my wife's name's Sam, so we can't call him Samson. And um, I think it's a really cool name. And then he said, well, who's Samson? I'm like, what do you mean who's Samson? 
It's the guy in the Bible, the, the strong guy, and he's like, never heard of him. And I'm like, oh, you're one of those people that you just have, have nothing. Who else shared the, the gospel with some, uh, sorry, have nothing? <laughs> I was thinking about my next thought, train of thought. Have no understanding of, of the Bible and what it's all about. That's what I meant. Sorry, I was, I was, thank you for that. You shared the gospel with someone? Levi did. Can you tell me Levi? Levi. You tell us, you tell us. That's okay. Two Easter's ago, Good Friday, we were at Coogee Beach and we went to have lunch at one of the uh, pubs. Mm -hmm. And as we came in the door, the lady who had checked us in said to Levi, who's coming in three days? Mm -hmm. And Levi looked straight at her and said, Jesus. Yes. And she went, oh. Oh. And I said, no, no, Levi, she means the other thing that's yeah. coming in three days to represent yeah, yeah. your new life. And he's like, it's about Jesus, Mum. I don't know what she's talking about. That's so good. She was really thrown. Yeah, that's so good. That is, that's awesome. Um, good job, Levi. Good job. You don't remember. That's okay. I don't remember half the stuff. Sometimes half my comments, my sentences go out the window. Um, yeah, so good. I didn't get a chance to share the whole gospel, but, um, but I got to share with my, um, some, I had some uh, of my staff come over just for some fire pit and some food and stuff. And we just got on the, the topic of the historical Jesus. And I didn't go through the, um, you know, Jesus died on the cross for our sins and stuff. But I talked about that Jesus was a real person. That Jesus really did die on the cross. The question is, and what, is that did he rise again? And I talked about how the early apostles, and what I'll talk about today, is they saw the risen Christ and they died for the belief in the risen Christ. And he's like, oh, that is, uh, uh, you know, Islamic people die um, blow themselves up for their belief. I said, yeah, yeah, but they, believe, they die for what they believe is true. No one dies for a lie. So they got tortured and had horrible lives for, for what they believe was true, but they wouldn't have done it if it was a lie. So we kind of had that little discussion and they didn't really have any. Anyway, but good job. That's what Easter is all about. We can, it's a time where we can talk about this sort of stuff. So today I'm closing out our series um, and the title is We the Church. And so we've been reading through the, the Gospel of Luke. And Luke, we see Jesus die on the cross. We see him rise again. And he cruises around with the disciples for 40 days. And he says this. I'm just going to pick up um, in Luke 24, verses uh, 46 to 49. Um, it says this. He, Jesus said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. So he's saying, hey guys, the law of the prophets, the Psalms, and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the law of Moses is all pointing to me, okay? So we have a hint. It's all, it's all pointing at me. Then he opened their minds so he could understand the scripture. He opened their minds like, oh my gosh, those Psalms are about you. Isaiah 53 is about you. I can see you right through the Old Testament. I can actually see who you are. There you are, and you are him. And if you want to read more up on that, just type in Jesus in the Old Testament in YouTube, click enter, and there'll be a lot of sermons based on Jesus in the Old Testament. Um, and then he says this, this is what he's written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And so he said, I've died. I've rose again. And they're like, Jesus, now what? What are we meant to do now? Because the prevailing thought of the time was that Jesus was going to come and he was going to remove Rome from Israel and he was going to get rid of them so they could have Israel back. Because Israel, uh, Rome has just completely dominated Israel and they were in captivity in their own land. And they thought, Jesus is going to come. He's going to remove Rome. We've got our own land back. We've got a new king on the throne. And Jesus said, not quite. I'm not going to do that. 
I'm going to take off a different bondage on you. It's called sin. I'm going to take off a different bondage on you. It's called death. I'm going to take a different bondage off you. It's called the sin that separates you from God. I'm going to remove that, pay that penalty, and free you from that so you can have a relationship with God. That's what I'm going to do. But they didn't get it because a lot's going on. Think about it. Their best friend, their rabbi, that they could, he died, tortured, beaten, rose again, and now it's like, what is happening? There's so much going on. And then Luke again writes in Acts. I'll just flip my Bible here. Who knows that Luke and Acts is the one book? Luke and Acts, it's, not, it's the same. They just put John in the middle. You can Google why. Um, and he says this in Luke um, 1 verses 4 to 8. He says this, Do not leave Jerusalem. So Jesus is telling the disciples, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised. There's that thing, that gift again that my Father's promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so he's saying, just wait, just wait, just wait. And so what do they do? They just wait. And he says, just wait for the helper, the empowered, the Holy Spirit. He says, just wait, just wait. So they're waiting. Now I'm going to give you a quick two minutes overview of God's presence in the Old Testament. Are you ready? Okay, so we've got uh, Mount Sinai, Moses. There's a, Mount Sinai, there's a huge thunder. Uh, there's thunder and lightning and fire and cloud. And God is on the mountain. And Moses goes in and talks to God and brings out the, the Ten Commandments. Okay, then as they're going, the Israelites are going through the wilderness, at nighttime they're led by a pillar of fire, and in the daytime they're led by a cloud. Okay, then the, God's presence goes into the tabernacle, and then Solomon builds the temple in 1 Kings, and in Chronicles we read that when they brought the tabernacle into the temple, that God's glory filled, the Shekinah glory filled the entire temple, and fire came from heaven. Look at fire in Mount Sinai. We've got fire through the, through the wilderness. We've got God filling the temple and there's fire again. And then we get to Acts. Oh, and then in Ezekiel 10, we see Ezekiel has a, a dream that the presence has left the temple. And so at the end of the Old Testament, the kind of thing is, where, where's it gone? Where's the presence gone? Where is it? What's going on? And then at the end of Ezekiel, there's a, there's a prophetic dream that the presence will come back. Even Joel, a few centuries earlier, said that my, my Holy Spirit will pour out on all flesh, on men, women, maidservants, men servants, on all flesh will dream and be full of my presence and prophesy. Two minutes. That's pretty less. And so Jesus dies, rises again and says, wait. Wait for my spirit. Wait for my spirit to come. And in Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost came, which is in a few weeks, isn't it? Yes, it is. They were all together in one place. They were all together, okay? And suddenly there was a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came on them. There's that fire again. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So there's fire at Mount Sinai, fire through the, the wilderness, fire in the temple. And now all of a sudden, there's fire on top of each and every person. And because they, they knew the Old Testament so well, they're like, oh, is he saying what I think he's saying? 
that we are full of the Holy Spirit, that we are full of God's presence, that we are the new temple of the Holy Spirit, that wherever we go, His presence actually goes with us. That's what it's symbolizing. So they must have been in a room like this. The Holy, there's fire falling and there's fire falling all through the Old Testament of His presence and they're like, oh my gosh, the fire's on us. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit gives them new languages. They're speaking all these different languages and people are going, what is going on? And they're going, this is God, this is God delivering His Holy Spirit into us. How cool is that? Isn't that amazing? How cool is the Bible? So much symbolism. You just got to read it, go straight through, start to finish, and just go, whoa, there's so much stuff. That we are now, even in 2 Peter 2.9, he said, or 1 Peter 2.9 says that, don't you know that you are the, Holy, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Oh, no, that's, that's a different scripture. But we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's in Corinthians, okay? Um, that we are now a royal priesthood, that we are full of His presence and the recurring theme right the way through is God's presence, God's presence. And now there's a new temple and it's you and I. How cool is that? That we're empowered by Him to go out and have the conversations with the people at the shops when I buy my um, hot cross buns that I'd never buy. No, I buy them sometimes. And, um, but we can have those conversations with people and God empowers us to have those conversations. That you and I are entrusted with a message of a king and his kingdom. That we come here on a Sunday and we, we proclaim Jesus above all. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of all. That he created all things by him, for him, through him, was created for him. And we give him glory each and every Sunday. Sunday, but guess what? And Monday, and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and all the way to Sunday again. And even I, I, was, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, at judo yesterday, and um, I was saying, oh, just about different things. And he kind of just said, oh, but Christianity is a lifestyle, right? It's not just a Sunday thing. I'm like, you're a non-believer. You're exactly right. It's a lifestyle thing. It's not a Sunday thing. It's each and every day that we follow Jesus. But we are entrusted with a message of a king and his kingdom, a message of hope, a message of redemption, a message of grace, a message of love, a message of, of, of just reconciliation, a message that we have a king that came to our world that understands what you're going through. He lived in our world with us and he understands each and everything that you go through. And so we can come to him with an under... You know, you talk to people that don't know what you're talking about. You come to them with a problem and they're like, they've never had that problem, they don't get it. Jesus gets it. He gets your problems. So come to him with your problems. That we bring a message of good news. I know Giselle's Good Friday message is, this is good news. Good Friday is good news for believers. It's good news for humanity. It is actually good news that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. That he is our king and this is his kingdom. It's good news. Who finds it hard to bring people to church? Yeah. It's hard to be people church because we have preconceived ideas about church and that sort of stuff. Maybe they have no idea about church. Um, and so sometimes it can be hard to bring people to church. Um, and uh, I run like a judo and Brazilian jiu-jitsu club and it's a really great positive environment. It's really cool. Um, and um, there was a local principal of a primary school that was like, Matt, we need to get this. There's a kid in our, our school that really needs your club's positivity, the culture, the environment, the friendships. He really needs to come to your club, but his parents don't drive. They're quite sick. The NDIS kind of can't get him there. It's just, and so we kind of worked for like maybe six months trying to get this kid to judo. And then the principal went, hang on a minute. Let's bring judo to him. So now I go to the school and I teach judo twice a week, but this, this kid, just for this, I'm mean, how good's the principal, for this one kid, he's worked bent over backwards to get me into this school and my other coaches to come in and bring out positivity and stuff. But I was like, oh my gosh, that's like church. 
It's hard to bring people to church, but it's easy to go to them. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. When we go, God goes with us. When we go to people's homes, we're bringing church with us. When we go to the shops or sports teams or music or wherever it is, we are bringing God's presence with us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So when we go, go to church, I am the church. Wherever I go, you know, Mark Brady, wherever you go, there you are. You know, in that movie, wherever you go, there you are. Wherever I go, God's presence comes with me. Wherever I go, this church comes with me. Wherever I go, Jesus comes with me. And so hopefully I can represent him well, which we don't always do, but I really try to represent him well. That we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That 1 Peter 2.9, there's so many numbers in that one, says that you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. Did you know that if you believe in Jesus and you are, that he died and rose again, that you are, you are claimed with the promised Holy Spirit. That if you are claimed by the promised Holy Spirit, it's Ephesians 1.13, then you are a royal priesthood. That you and I are priests. Do you see yourself as a priest when you go to school, when you go to work, when you go to your family gatherings? That you and I are a priest. We are a royal priesthood, chosen by God, by the Holy Spirit in us. And the first century church grew on two things. Firstly, the resurrected Christ. So many people saw the resurrected Jesus and they lived accordingly and they died saying, I saw the resurrected Christ. Even Jesus' stepbrother wasn't a believer and became a believer when he saw the resurrected Jesus. That's the first way. The second way is people that started following Jesus' teachings started serving the, the, the lowest in the society at the time, the beggars, the cripples, women, children, Samaritans. They started serving them and through that, that serving and meeting the needs, the conversation came up, why are you doing this? The Jews don't even look at me. They don't even step foot in our land. And now all of a sudden you're coming in here and you're talking to me. Well, there's this guy called Jesus. He came in, he's my king and I do what he says. When you and I, the temple of the Holy Spirit, the royal priesthood, when we go out into our families and our friendship groups and our sporting teams and wherever it may be, we are a royal priesthood. We are the temple. And when we meet people's needs, we can then over time, like Don, one year working with someone, um, the conversation comes up. It's Easter time. What's Easter all about? I didn't tell you what it's all about. The Bible says that we're sinners, but Jesus paid the penalty for us. That's good news. He died and rose again to defeat sin, and we can be reconciled to God. And now that's why I serve him, because he's such a good God. We can have those conversations with people. That wherever we go, the Holy Spirit's with us. And that's why we do Gathered Scattered. When you meet people's needs, when you get in people's worlds, when you understand and you hear what they're going through, when you have those deeper conversations, like, oh, man, I'm having trouble at work, you can pray with one another. They're having trouble financially, you can give them some money. When, when they need a shoulder to cry on, you can let them cry on your shoulder. When they, need to eat, when they need someone to listen, you can listen. And that's why we do Gathered Scattered, to do life together, to love one another. And as we love one another, people see that as we love one another, it's a representation of how much we love God. And that's why we do Gathered Scattered. And one of the biggest things in Canberra, what people need is community. Friends. Friends. Genuine friends that actually care about you. That, that on, on Wednesday, go, oh, I wonder how, wonder how Sally's going after that, that job interview on Monday. Because someone cares. And care, caring, friends only take time. They just take time. A relationship takes time. Your relationship with Jesus just takes time. Just takes time. Everything just takes time and time. And relationships take time. And as they, they take more and more time, they get deeper and deeper and deeper. And we can have more challenging conversations with one another. We can challenge one another. We can love one another. We can be honest with one another. That's why we do Gathered Scattered. And then over time, as we meet their needs, we can open up our faith. We can share the gospel with them.
And maybe you're here this morning and maybe you were like, oh, actually, Matt, I was part of those, one of those Easter conversations and, and I came to church today for the first time or second time or you've been here before and, and like some people maybe don't even know the gospel. So here's the gospel message, that we are all sinners, that God is so righteous and so holy that we are separated from him and we cannot bridge that gap back because there's a penalty to be paid because of the sin that we've made. But God, in his goodness and his love and his grace and his mercy, sent Jesus on the cross to pay that penalty. And so we can now be debt-free, clothed in him, and actually have a relationship with Jesus. That is the gospel message. And I have had a conversation with someone uh, the other day. I think it was with you, Andrew. He said, but my friend said, but I've done heaps of good. I've done heaps of good. So surely God will look at all my good and be like, oh, you're a pretty good guy. I think you'll be all right. But we talked about how in the court of law, if I'm texting someone and speeding and I run over 10 kids crossing the crossing on the way to the dinosaur museum and I go to the court and the court, oh, yeah, man, but like I, like I serve at church and, I, and I, like, I go to this school and help these kids. They go, nah, man, you've done, you've stuffed up big time and you're going to get judged on that. God's the same. But he paid the penalty for us. He took the punishment for that person that was texting and driving and he took that on our behalf. How cool is that? And because of how good God is, that he is so big. Even our salvation story is not about us. The salvation story is about how big, how amazing, how loving, how kind God is. It's all about him and it's for his glory that we're saved if you believe in him. It's for his glory. How cool is that? And the recurring theme through the Old Testament is like steadfast, slow to anger, steadfast, gracious, loving, kind God in Jesus. That's, the cross is like God's heart on display for the world to see. That's what it is. That's what Easter's all about. And that's why we're here celebrating the Easter story. And this is the last week that I'm doing the Easter story because we're moving on to a new theme, I think, next week, aren't we? In a fortnight's time. And so as I come to, the clo- to a close, if I, have, if I said anything today, you're like, oh, Matt, I don't know if I agree with that. I want, can you clarify that a bit more? Like, I want to talk to you about that. I'll be down here for like 20 minutes after the service. You can come talk to me and be like, what do you think about that? Or, or if you go, do you know what, Matt? I've never heard the gospel like that. I'd said it pretty quickly. I talk a lot. Um, I'm a lightweight. I talk fast. Um, and uh, and uh, if that's you and you go, I am a sinner. You know, I reckon maybe... If you haven't read it, we've read that Emotional Healthy Spirituality book um, with Pete Scazzaro. And I was telling Sam and a few other people, like, I started doing, like, um, like I've been a Christian now since, like, 2007. I think we started coming to this church once it was built, so 2007. Uh, 2008. So we started dabbling in 2007. Once the church was built, we, my wife and I, when we started coming. And, um, and then I was a Christian. And, um, and then started doing that emotional healthy spirituality and I started just doing a lot of that prayer of examine, looking over my day, looking over my thoughts and just, and journaling. I probably did it for like maybe two months and I stopped. But, and, and then I've gone, I actually thought I was a good person. Like I actually thought I'm a, I'm a pretty good guy. But as I'm reflecting on all my thoughts and all my actions, I've gone, oh my gosh, I am a massive sinner. Oh my gosh, I, no one's told me before. Like, and I just went, oh, Jesus, thank you. And I think it was then, probably three, three years ago, that I think I became a, a real Jesus follower. I think for so long I was dabbling half in, oh, I'm a pretty good, my works, plus Jesus. 
But now I've just gone, oh my gosh, I think I'm just, I'm just so sinful, it's only Christ. By faith alone, by grace alone, in Christ alone that we are saved, but not by works. Coming to church doesn't get you saved. Tithing doesn't get you saved. Running a connect group, doing good things, nothing we can do gets us saved but Christ on the cross and belief in Him, Christ alone, through faith alone, by grace alone. And so I think from then on, I was like, I get it. And so if that's you, and you just go, I, I got it a bit more. Come talk to me after service. And um, so talk to me about anything. I talk all day. So uh, watch out. Um, but, but yeah, thanks heaps for listening. And just, yeah, just, just read the Bible. Ask questions about it. Study it. Read it with a commentary. And you'll learn heaps. And you'll love Jesus more and more. And just think about Jesus is all. And he's the best. See you guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.